Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CE curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. I'm Bianca Weston Goodman, Professor of Neurology at the Jacobs School of Medicine and Biomedical Sciences, and we'll talk today about the role of s one receptor agonist in MS, strategies for disease management. S1P receptors have been proposed as a therapeutic target for various diseases due to their involvement in regulation of liposite trafficking, brain and cardiac function, vascular permeability, vascular and bronchial tone. S1P receptor modalities were first developed to prevent rejection by immune system following renal transportation, but FDA approved today are only for multiple sclerosis and ulcerative colitis. The primary mechanism of action on S1P receptor modulators in MS is through binding S1P receptor subtype 1 on lymphocytes, resulting in internalization of the receptor and loss of responsiveness to the S1P gradient that drives lymphocytes egress from lymph nodes. The reduction in circulating lymphocytes, presumably, limits inflammatory cell migration into the CNS. The S1P receptor 5 may benefit oligodendrocyte survival. Four S1P receptor modulators, fingolimod, siponimod, ozanimod, and ponesimod, have regulatory approval for MS. S1P modulators have complex action on receptors, in some cases acting both as agonists with functional antagonism and as traditional agonists in other cases. Subsequently developed S1P receptor modulators are more specific with the goal of preventing effectiveness while mitigating some of the adverse effects, cardiac and vascular. The improved pharmacodynamic and subtype specificity for S1P receptor 1 and 5 may also contribute to improved bioavailability and potentially greater CNS effects compared with sphingolimod. Sphingolimod, a product that requires phosphorylation, has broad receptor affinity, S1P receptor 1, 3, 4, and 5. Ozanimod and siponimod are selective modulator S1P receptor 1 and 5, and ponesimod is specific for S1P receptor 1. All S1P receptor modulators are thought to have a similar effect on lymphocytes, although their different half-lifetime is important, when considering adherence and discontinuation therapy. Phase three clinical trials have been completed for fingolimod, ozanimod, and pornesimod, evaluating efficacy in relapsing remitting MS. All studies found a significant reduction in the primary outcome, annual relapse rate over 12 to 24 months, compared with placebo, interferon beta-1A, or teriflurimide. There were also significant benefit on MRI markers, including gain-enhancing lesion, T2 lesion, as well as measures of tissue damages T2 hyperintensive T1 hyperintensive lesions, brain volume loss, and cortical matter and dynamic volume loss. There, there were variable changes in worsening of disabilities measured by EDSS and MSFC, showing significant benefit in one fingolimod trial than siponimod while compared with placebo, but not reaching significant in the other studies that were evaluated against active comparators in beta and teriflunomide. All SLP modulators are today approved for clinical adjuvant syndrome, relapsing, remitting, and secondary progressive. However, only siponimod has so far demonstrated efficacy in active SPMS, con- contrasting with the absence of clinical effects with fingolimod in primary progressive MS. Important consideration in the use of S1P receptor modulators in MS is the slowing of heart rate and AV conduction with initial initiation of the therapy. On initiation of therapy, fingolimod acts as an agonist activating S1P receptor leading to the transient bradycardia, delayed atrial ventricular conduction, and prolongation of the QT interval. 
with continued administration the down regulation of S1 receptor and resolution of the cardiac effect. Therefore, for pingolimod, there is a first dose effect required, the so-called FDO, first dose observation, for at least six hours for all patients starting this therapy, and they're monitored with pulse and blood pressure hourly, ECG before dosing and at the end of the observation period. However, the benefit of dose up titration as on ozanimod and ziponimod over the first several days of treatment attenuates the need for initial cardiac effects, and no second or third degree AV block was reported in the phase three trials, eliminating the requirement of for the FDO in the absence of a cardiac history. Uh, additional side effects are considered to be related to to that the constriction, vasoconstriction has increased blood pressure, macular edema, and pulmonary dysfunction. Many of the adverse effects observed with sphingolimod were thought to be related to broader engagement of S1P receptor, which led to the development of the more selective S1P moderators. Infections were reported in all phase three clinical trials, including upper respiratory tract infection or urinary tract infection. One death occurred in the phase three trial of sphingolimod due to disseminated varicella infection, leading to the recommendation to check varicella zoster antibodies before initiation. There are also rare cases of uh, progressive multiplocular leopontipalopathy due to the reactivation of JC virus and cryptococcal meningitis. There is also an increased risk for skin malignancy, especially basal cell carcinoma. So the recommendation for S1P use, there are contraindication in the prescribed S1P modulator, including primary history of several cardiovascular conditions as MI, TIA, stroke in the last six months, unstable angina, as well as um, Six-sinus syndrome, QT interval more than 500, and cardiac arrhythmia, as well as severe sleep apnea or malnutrition. With ciponimod, the majority of patients can in initiate treatment without the need for monitoring, whereas FDO is recommended only for patients with sinus bradycardia. With ciponimod, no monitoring and treatment initiation required, for, but cardiologist consultation is suggested for patients with conduction abnormalities. Differential carbapokinetic response to ciponimod in patients with CYP2. C9, genotypes 1, 3, or 2, 3, required the genotyping of patients for a siponimod, and that's been performed before treatment start. As the genetic changes required a lower dosage of 1 milligram instead of 2 milligrams for usual patients. Strong CYP2, CP, C8 inhibitors, as GAM fibers, are contraindicated and advised to avoid foods containing a large amount of tyramine, SHGs, or pickled herring while taking recommended doses of ozanimod. So a general baseline and monitoring, we need a blood workup baseline and monitoring with CBC for, because of the risk of leukopenia and liver function. Evaluated for varicella doser antibody if negative vaccination required before initiating therapy. Ophthalmo ophthalmology evaluation, including OCT, is related to risk for macroedema at baseline and any time there is change in vision. And the pathology yearly evaluation for the risk of cutaneous malignancy as bad as carcinoma, squamous cell, or melanoma. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME LLC and is part of our Minute CE curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.